This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Sharla Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Happy February, y'all. I'm so excited for our shows all month long. Did y'all know that February is National American Heart Month? So all month long, we are going to be talking about improving our heart posture in the spirit. And we are just going to be believing God to perform heart surgery where it's needed so that we can be more sensitive to the things that are of him. Amen. And y'all know, of course, um, I cannot pass up the opportunity to be a whole entire nurse practitioner. So we are going to be taking care of our bodies as well. So if you are a part of the producer society, every day this month, we are going to be participating in the 28 days toward a healthy heart challenge. And it's sponsored by the National Institute of Health. And I am so excited. This is just a really great way to ensure that we're prospering in the spiritual and in the natural you know, the Bible says that I hope that you prosper just as your soul prospers. And so I feel like God really wants us to have prosperity, not just in the spiritual realm, but he wants our bodies to be fit too. Amen. Like a lot of us are not taking the precautions necessary to ensure that we're able to be around to fulfill the purpose. We out here asking God to give us our purpose and to give us our mission, but we're too busy loading up on Zuzus and Wham Whams, as my Gigi would call it, that we sluggish, we're tired, and we're not on our A game. And I know in the beginning of the year, a lot of us um, have these resolutions and these goals. And by now, if you ain't committed, sis, you done fell off. And so we're going to be back in the same spot if you don't take the opportunity to change. And so I really feel like doing this 28 days towards a healthy heart gives us the opportunity to not just be a part of some fad diet or um, to be a part of some get, you know, get skinny quick type deal, but it really allows us to take care of our vital organs, not just in the spirit, but also um, in the physical realm as well. And so I am just super excited. Like I said, get connected with us in the producer society because it's a lituation all day long. Okay. Okay. Um, so last year, which I can't believe 2020 is officially last year, but goodbye. Okay. Um, so last year, I did a podcast episode called Do Not Follow Your Heart. And we just discussed really how the default posture of our heart is one that's wicked and far from God. And too many times we hear people give the advice of like, oh, girl, follow your heart. You shouldn't. You shouldn't because it's it's trash. <laughs> our heart posture is trash at baseline, okay? Um, and so if you missed that episode, please make sure that you go back, listen to the show. I'm gonna drop the link in this week's show notes because it's a really good precursor for everything that we're gonna be discussing this month. And so today we are just gonna take some time to really look at the function of our heart in the spiritual realm. And we're going to take a close look at a situation that shows how even a man or a woman, because y'all know this has got goals and girl talk. So how a person um, after God's own heart can even 
fall short, right? Like, so you can, you can go back into this default heart posture if you're not being mindful um, of the fact that we have a heart condition. And so we're going to make some comparisons as it relates to our physical hearts. Okay. Um, and y'all know, I don't really like jumping into topics, assuming that everybody knows and understands what I'm talking about. So for somebody who's new in Christ, they may not understand what your, your spiritual heart is. And that's why we're having this conversation. And it's also a really good reminder for those who have been saved. I think again, like we did last month, back to the basics, too many times we feel like we're just so, um, super saved that we (laughs) don't need to be reminded of some things, but I guarantee you, I have a whole entire doctorate. Let somebody put some common core math in front of me. I'm going to be like, what is this? (laughs) Right? Because, and it's something that may be, um, you know, grade level for, you know, an elementary school person. That's why they have that show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let's not feel like we're getting so sophisticated in the spirit that we neglect to um, be mindful and reevaluate and revisit those basic and fundamental things. And so y'all know that I always say that the assumption that somebody knows something can be really, really dangerous. And so today we are talking about the heart. Okay. The heart in the Bible is mentioned almost a thousand times. So how important do you think it is? Like almost a thousand times? Chow? A thousand? Um, so our spiritual hearts are really where our personalities and our will and our feelings kind of dwell. So for those who may not know, when we talk about a heart in this, like in the Bible, we're not talking about the one that's in your body. It's a spiritual heart. And a lot of our feelings, our desires, our will is, is housed there. And so it's really, really important that at the center of our heart, that God is, is the head over it, that he is um, the, the pacemaker in our heart, so to speak, right? And so if we allow um, other things to sit in that position, then we will find our hearts being far from God. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Um, As believers, our heart should always reflect that of God's heart because God has a heart too, right? So in 1 Samuel, when Saul finds out that the Lord is appointing a new king, which is David, um, Samuel told Saul that it would be a leader after God's own heart. And so it says, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And here's what's crazy about this that Saul had messed up and he was not repentant. His heart was far from God. He was prideful. Um, And what happened was, was God removed his anointing and his hand from Saul, but Saul stayed in position. And so I always talk about this. When I talk about this story, you need to be really careful with what you're coveting, what you're wishing that you had that other people have, because some people are in position and they don't have the anointing. And I would rather be in the field like David Okay, with the anointing of God and never touch a palace than to be in position and to be vulnerable. Um, The Bible talks about how Saul was tormented by spirits and it's because his heart was hardened and he ended up um, being put out of position and being tormented by a spirit. It was a whole thing. So just know that God has a heart, that our spiritual hearts matter. Our spiritual hearts make up a lot of our personality. So it's where our will is housed, our desires, and God should be at the center of that and should have free reign over every area of your spiritual heart. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Check God's Resume Journal. Are you struggling with your waiting season? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? Sis, it's time for you to check God's resume. This dynamic journal will walk you through building God's resume in your own life. Take the time to recall the goodness and the miracles that he's performed in your lifetime. The journal has journaling prompts, a place for sermon notes, and so much 
more. This is a great tool just to remind you of God's goodness in your life and an even better tool to be passed down to your children's children as they'll be able to recount your experiences with God. So get ready to recall all of the miracles that God has performed for you. I promise you when you check his resume, he is undefeated. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy today. Now let's get back to the show. We are diving into some anatomy and physiology this week. Are y'all ready? I'm excited because I'm in my bag, okay? Um, And I promise it won't be too deep, but I believe that many of us do not take care of our hearts the way that we should because we just really don't understand how vital the heart is both physically and spiritually. So we're going to do some cross comparison so that you can kind of understand um, the structure and function of how both of our hearts work and you can see the similarities in them and you can understand what we've been called to do and why we're talking about this all month long. Amen. Okay. So we're going to start with our physical heart. Your physical heart is important. Duh. Okay. I hope that if you're under the sound of my voice that you know if your heart stops beating, okay, if you pull in a Mariana, you have an icebox where your heart used to be, you're not going to be here. You're going to be in the icebox too. Okay. So if you did not know that your heart was important, it is, (laughs) it's very important. (laughs) Okay. It supplies nutrients and oxygen to your body. And there are so many intricate parts of your heart, right? So you have your atria, you have your ventricles, um, you have your tricuspid and bicuspid valves, you have the superior vena cava, the aorta, um, and there are many portions um, and intricate pieces that make up this very critical muscle in your body. Your heart is a muscle, right? Um, you have the SA node that helps set the pace of our heart, right? So we want to make sure that we keep that that hot first 60 to 80 beats per minute. The SA node, it got you, okay? Um, your heart, it requires some maintenance, right? So your heart's health is um, is really impacted by the choices that you make. So you need to make sure that you're doing physical activity and that you are being intentional about what you're putting in your mouth because that impacts your heart. So if you're not doing the physical activity, if you're out here eating junk and crap food every day, you cannot expect your heart to maintain optimal function, right? Many of us know that We have these poor dietary choices and we have a sedentary lifestyle, sedentary meaning that it has little physical activity because y'all thought y'all was going to get through an entire episode with no definitions. Nope. So sedentary meaning little physical activity and that will eventually lead to heart disease. And we are being super sedentary. I mean, we don't even leave the house anymore to go get the crap food that we eat. We have Uber Eats or DoorDash send it to our house because I do it. Hmm. So I'm talking to me too. So we're, we're being really sedentary. We're eating food that we know we don't have no business, but we're expecting our heart to continue to do what it's supposed to do. But I'm telling you that eventually this will lead to heart disease, right? A lot of these poor choices and lack of physical activity will lead um, to plaque being built up in your major arteries and it causes them to harden. Right. And so when these vessels are hardened, they are less effective in transporting that blood, less effective in transporting those nutrients to the rest of your body. And then eventually what happens where there's little to no oxygenated blood and nutrients traveling to these areas of your heart, those cells die. And so then you have a problem because oxygen isn't getting to everywhere where it needs to, and you have a good old myocardial infarction, aka an MI, aka a heart attack. So basically, a heart attack is caused because your heart is starving of the things that it needs, and so then there's tissue and cell death, you have a heart attack. Sometimes people can live and survive a heart attack, but many times after that heart attack, you have Poor, like, you know, you have worse health than you did when you came in. Um, They did the work to help keep you alive. But now your heart definitely isn't working at the function in which God designed it to work at because we made some really poor choices. 
right? And then your heart health impacts the rest of your body. If you see somebody who's in congestive heart failure, if their heart is failing, they have fluid everywhere, there's edema, it's just a mess. They have they have trouble breathing because of all the fluid. It It is a mess. So when the heart is not functioning properly, the rest of your body does not function properly either. Why does this matter? Because this is the same structure and function of your spiritual heart. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all know I got scripture. Okay. Okay. So your spiritual heart has very important components, right? It houses your will, your desires, your emotions, your thoughts, your intellect, your character, your feelings, and your conscience. But by default, our hearts are not in good condition. Okay. Because there were some people in the garden, there was fruit, there was a snake. Y'all noticed them, <laughs> right? So our hearts are, we're sinful people. And, you know, even Jesus says this in Mark 7, um, 20 through 23, it says, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within a person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, Envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So that is our heart condition, okay? And it's, it's in red in my Bible. I mean, Jesus said it. Jesus said, this is what comes out of your heart. So it's so important that we're making sure that we allow God to reign over our heart, okay? Um, our spiritual heart also supplies and feeds the rest of our spiritual being, right? So the condition and posture of our heart is really that pacemaker, kind of like those SA nodes, and it impacts the type of fruit that we're able to produce in our lives. So y'all know our our thing this year, we are producers all of our lives, okay? So we're out here not looking to be influencers, but out here producing the fruit that God has called us to in every area of our life. But from our heart, that is how the fruit is produced, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. That's in Luke 6.45. So we know that the posture of our heart matters because it sets the pace. It's kind of that pacemaker, like those SA nodes, uh, the SA node that keeps the pace of our physical heart. We need to make sure that our heart posture is one that sets the tone and the pace for the rest of our spiritual walk, right? Um, our heart is the vital organ in our spiritual walk. And just um, how our physical heart is guarded, right? So our physical heart is guarded. We have a sternum. We got these ribs, child, okay? It's, it's tucked up in there real nice. That is not by accident, right? God is just so great that he protected our vital organs. If you look at our brain, we got a skull, okay? If we come with a helmet, okay? You still need to wear your helmet, but you, and then we have the, um, the sternum and the rib cage to protect our heart. But even with that in the spiritual realm, we are also admonished to guard our heart, guard your heart above all else for this determines the course of your life. That's Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. That's why we're talking about hearts all month, right? There's something to be said that we're told that our heart should be guarded above all all else. What, like, what is excluded out of the word all? Above whatever you do, child, guard your heart, okay? That tells us that the enemy is actively out looking to line our hearts with disappointment, pain, distrust, envy, and sin, right? And when we fail to seek God and allow him access to every part of our hearts, we start to have these blockages and these hardening of our spiritual hearts in the same way that we talked about um, being intentional with our dietary choices and our physical activity. We need to be sure that we are allowing um, our eye gates and ear gates to be fed healthy things for our spiritual heart, Right? So that means you ain't going to be able to watch Love and Hip Hop, sis, okay? You need to guard your heart. I know, I told, I talked about this before, that my mouth, child, ooh, she been delivered, okay? <laughs> like, but because I'm guarding my 
um, my eye gates and ear gates, first off, I don't really listen to secular music that often, but if I do, it's definitely edited because I can't feed that to myself. I'm a, I'm a slip up. I don't trust me enough. I ain't that saved. So I just omit it all the way. Okay. So we need to make sure that we are being intentional. We are physically, um, we are, are, you know, being intentional and physically active in our spiritual life as well. We need to make sure that, you know, we're actively seeking out our relationship with God and we're asking him to examine and purify our hearts, right? We don't want to um, ask God to, you know, well, God, I'll, I'll give you these things in my heart, but this over here, I'm a, I'm a dusted under the rug. That's not how this works. Because eventually the plaque is going to build up and that area is going to be hardened. And y'all know what happens next. Ain't enough nutrients. The, t- the cell death, it's a whole thing. So we need to really make sure that we are being strategic because it can happen to the best of us. King David, let's talk about this story, child. The man after God's own heart prime example. Okay. So despite him being a man after God's own heart, David was still a sinner. What? Yes. Okay. Um, he sinned against God. Now y'all follow me. Cause I'm gonna tell y'all the story. It gets good. He sinned against God when he had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah had that man murdered. Okay. In battle to cover up the fact that he got her pregnant. Yeah. Okay. He literally saw sis taking a bath in the window was like, I like her had them summons her, which is very equivalent to sliding in, in this girl's DMs. Okay. Like what? Like the Bible? Yes. Okay. Like it's stories like these where I'm like, if you are saying reading the Bible is boring child, you ain't reading your Bible because this tea is hot. Okay. There's so much. So sis comes over to the palace. They have sex. Sis is still married. Okay. Bathsheba was taking a bath. David was like, I'm a slide. I'm a slide into your DMs. Come to my house. Had her summons. She married. They have the sex. She gets pregnant. So in an attempt to cover up the sin, David has Uriah brought from battle. Right? Because in his head, he just knew that Uriah was going to come home, be baited up with Bathsheba. They was going to do what grown people do, what married people do. And that would explain away the fact that she was pregnant. But just... Like so many of us have learned that when you try to cover up sin, honey, it never worked out the way that you planned. So you might as well just tell the truth. So Uriah comes home and he is so committed that he's like, nah, I'm sleeping in the servants quarters. I don't feel comfortable, you know, out here booed up while the rest of the soldiers are out here risking their lives. Okay. Like he didn't do it. And what's even crazier, and what I didn't mention, is the fact that David was supposed to be in battle. So before all this started, he was supposed to be on the battlefield, but was outside of the position in which God called him, and now he didn't got caught up like Usher. I don't understand, okay? So then what happens? Uriah goes back, okay? It's clear that this plan is not going not gonna to work. He goes back to the battlefield. Then David... Um, calls and sends word to the leader, Joab, and was like, look, put Uriah on the front lines and then leave him. (laughs) It's not funny. (laughs) Like, set him out there. Okay? And then, of course, he gets murdered. (laughs) Like, that's what happened. He saw Bathsheba slid into her DMs. Bathsheba came over. Sis was still married. She got pregnant. He was like, ah, this ain't going to work. They tried to bring the husband back. The husband was like, no, nah, I ain't covering up your sin. He didn't know that, but it worked out. He was like, nah, mm-mm, I'm not doing this. Okay. And then went back out to the battlefield and Dave was like, murder. That's, that's how we fix it. <laughs> she comes over. Now she's marrying David. And here we are. And the Bible says when the period of mourning was over for Uriah, David sent for Bathsheba and brought her to the palace and she became one of his wives. Then she gave birth to a son, but the Lord was displeased with what David had done. That's 2 Samuel eleven twenty seven, 27. 
And from this story, we can already see that at the very least off the rip, okay, David is struggling with lust, deceit, envy, wickedness, and murder. These are all of these heart conditions that we can, we can successfully diagnose him with, okay? David is then rebuked by the prophet Nathan. And you really have to read the story in its entirety because there's just so much, but God passes a judgment of death. Now, what happened was Nathan came, um, gave a parable and David was like, oh, if somebody did that, he should die. And Nathan's like, you are the man. (laughs) What? You are the man. So then of course, um, we, David repents, right? So this is different from what happens with Saul when he displeases God, Saul doesn't repent, but David repents in, um, in Psalms 51, we hear David pour out his heart to the Lord in repentance for his sins. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Producer Society. The Producer Society is an online membership group for women looking to draw closer to God, to develop godly community, and just produce everything that God has called her to. Members of the Producer Society will receive exclusive benefits, including early access to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, monthly Bible studies, fellowship events, exclusive online events, and so much more. If you are ready to get connected with other women who are chasing after God, who are wanting to produce everything that he's called us to, then this community is for you. Make sure you visit www.producersociety.com to find out more information and to get connected with us today. Now let's get back to the show. So in Psalm 51, it's just such a great prayer of repentance. You can really understand the depths of which David is grieved because of his sin, right? Um, it, it just really shows that he was burdened. He got so caught up in this heart condition, right? He got so caught up in the sin that he was doing and trying to cover it all up that he lost sight of God, right? And we've all been there. We've all been so mad that you did something that was outside of your godly character. Um, you prob- It probably happened last week because it definitely be happening to me where you can think something, you can want to say something that's outside of your character that you know that God is giving you, but it's a reflection of that heart condition and just shows us the areas in which we need to continue to work, right? So here are some of the excerpts that really stand out to me in Psalm 51. It says, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you and you alone. I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Will you be proved right in what you say? And your judgment against me is just just for I was born a sinner. Yes. From the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching us wisdom, even there. Like, this is one of the realest prayers I have ever heard. And we have to really understand, like, when we sin, it's not like, oh, I cussed somebody out. No, that's God's daughter that you're talking to. That's God's son that you're talking to. And you're sinning against him. And when you think of it like that, you will really be a lot more delicate with how you treat people because you're going to have to answer for that. I don't care what they did. God doesn't care what they did because we are supposed to be representative of him. I know when me and my sisters, we used to fight. Child, my daddy was not having it. Um, and my dad was not trying to hear what the other one did. We're responsible for our own actions. And then he would make us sit and read the Bible together and like sleep in the same bed. And child, it was torturous, but I appreciate that now as an adult, because it really is, okay, what did you do to deescalate the situation? I don't care that they cussed you out. You need to understand that this is still God's daughter. And when you cuss them out, when you steal from them, when you covet against them, whatever you do, it's not against, oh girl, I got the hookup at Target because they didn't ring out these pants. No, you stealing them pants from the Lord. And you can say that it's not that deep, but child, that's exactly what you're doing. You're showing God your heart that you're deceitful and you're showing him that you can't be trusted. He's not going to elevate you and give you more child. You won't pay for a $12 pair of pants. Tell me you got a hookup. Praise God. Get out of here. Get thee behind me. 
Y'all know it's foolishness. That's that foolishness Jesus was talking about. That's foolishness, child. So, like I said, this is one of the realest prayers I ever heard. Um, this verse 9 through 11, it says, Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Let me tell y'all. We need to all be praying this every day. Like this needs to be on your list of scriptures that you recite. Like when you're writing out your prayers to pray, don't keep looking at my sins, God. Please remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a loyal spirit. Because we're being disloyal to God when we sin. And we're being loyal to our flesh. Like this is, this is a thing of loyalty. Don't banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Whew. David was out here. Okay, and in the same sense, when we sin against God, we should be grieved in our spirits in the same way. And it's not that we feel condemned because there's no condemnation in Christ, but we should not take it lightly. Too many of us are way too casual with sin. Oh, I love God, but I cuss a little bit. Girl, if you don't shut up. No, no, no. Unacceptable. (laughs) No. Every time you do that, you're you are being disloyal to God. You love cussing more than you love God because you, you're you not willing to, to get rid of that. You know that's not like him. Stop it. Stop it. We have to really understand that even though David was a man after God's own heart, he still had the same heart condition that we do. He was chosen by God. This is the same David that was out in the field. He was chosen by God. He killed the lion. He killed the bear. He slayed Goliath. He called that man an uncircumcised Philistine. That's how I be cussing people now. Like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Okay. He he defeated many in battle. Okay. If y'all listen to Transformation Church, y'all know uh, Pastor Mike, uh, David slayed 10,000 saw 1,000. Like he's out here slaying tens of thousands of people. He was doing it. He was the king when this happened. He was the king. But he still had a heart condition. And it's still, and, and that heart condition almost took him away from God and almost resulted in a spiritual and physical death. Right. So God ended up sparing David's life, but judgment was still passed on his household. So the baby that Bathsheba was pregnant with um, died at a week old. And David had a total of four sons who ended up having untimely death. One of his sons tried to rebel against him, almost cost him his whole kingdom. It was a whole thing. Right. But despite this tragedy. Right. So it, it, it just goes to show that. Um, God will forgive us, but there's still a level of consequence that we have to deal with, right? So despite all of this happening, um, God still used the situation for good. So one of um, the sons that came out of Bathsheba and David's marriage was King Solomon, the wisest king ever known. And that just shows me that Romans 8, 28 be out here, okay? Like, we can we can go and we can repent and God will cover you. He'll love you. He won't leave you in the situation, but you still have to deal with the consequence, right? Um, I definitely remember just as a, a kid and as a teen being like, God, I will never do this again. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. You still on punishment though, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I, I'll, um, you know, repent to my parents for something that I did. Okay, we hear you. We accept that. You still on punishment, child. You still getting this whooping. That That's cool <laughs> or whatever. But the consequences still stand. And I think that that's so um, fitting to understand that, that we're not playing with God's grace and that we that we are able to pick up from this story that even somebody who's been used in mighty ways by God, they are still able to fall because we have a heart condition. And so that we must always be on guard. You know, like, like I said, Proverbs 423, guard your heart above all else. It's so, so critical. And in the end, 
God worked all things together for our good, okay? King Solomon was birthed out of this relationship, but it definitely did not look pretty in the beginning. And so I don't know who is dealing with a situation where you are like, God, but I told you I was sorry and I'm still having to deal with the mess. Just know that God is is with you in the consequences of it and he's gonna use those consequences for your good. I promise you, it looked raggedy now. I have lived this. It looks raggedy in the in-between and in the middle, but you learn so much on the other side. And I think that we appreciate God more because we know that he carried us through the consequence of our actions. That he forgives us and not only is he for, forgiving, but he's going to use the um, the consequence, the things that looks like it's bad. He's going to use it for our good. So just stick with this, sis, okay? This is all a part of our heart conditioning. So I know that was a lot that we covered. So I'm going to summarize my five top points for today. First, your spiritual heart is vital and it's compromised to several parts, just like your physical heart. Um, And it is important that above all else, you allow God to lord over our hearts, right? That we're not putting idols there, that your kids aren't an idol, that you love your kids more than God, that money isn't an idol, that you love money more than God. The Bible doesn't say that money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. That's what the word says, okay? So you need to make sure that the only thing that is sitting on the throne of your heart, the only person that is there is God. You have, and okay, that's point one. Point two, you have to guard your heart and you have to be very intentional about what is allowed in through your eye and ear gate. So what you're watching and what you're listening to, and you need to make sure that you're actively seeking God and you're submitting every area of your heart. God is a gentleman. He's not just going to come in and start and start ransacking. But we need to make sure that you're like, oh, you know, I got all the rest of my life together. God, I don't have to tell you about this little porn addiction that I got. No, the devil is a lie, sis. You need to go ahead, give that thing up. You need to confess that thing out loud with your mouth. Put that thing on the altar, okay, and 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 murder it <laughs> right there because you're allowing God into that area that allows Um, for God to come in and do that heart surgery and that doesn't get hardened. So there's no need to be embarrassed. God already know he see you watching it. He sees you. He's sitting right there. Ain't nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of Jesus. He is literally right there. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about um, God being grieved, uh, the spirit being grieved inside of me. Like, I don't want to do things on the day to day where Holy Spirit is like, man, get me out of (laughs) here. Like this one, mm-mm. just like David said, like, God, please do not take your spirit from me. Like, mm-mm. the Holy Spirit be like, get, sir, sir, can I evacuate me? Okay, because she don't care. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be that. So we really need to make sure that you are submitting every area of your heart to God. Three, know that we have a heart condition. Okay, Jesus tells us about the condition of our heart. In Mark 7, 20 through 23, I don't care how saved and sanctified you are. You got a heart condition. How do I know? Because Jesus said you do. Now, tell me Jesus is wrong. Okay. Um, Four, you can be elevated by God and still have a heart condition. Matter of fact, you will. And you have to be even more strategic and thorough in guarding your heart because God has elevated you, right? And so we learned that through the story of David and Bathsheba. He was the whole king, slayed Goliath, was picked out of all the sons, okay? Killed the tiger and the bear. It was a lion. The lion and the bear and all the things and still slid into that woman's DMs via having somebody go get her. Okay, and then had her husband killed. You can be used by God and you will still have a heart condition. You can still fall. This should go ahead and just remove uh, people when people disappoint you. That don't mean that David was less anointed. Um, He still remained king for a long time after this. And one of the wisest kings of of the Bible, the wisest king was birthed out of this situation. So just know that people in leadership, pray for your leadership because it's hard. And then lastly, we have to continually repent and ask God to create in us a clean heart. 
Um, we know that God will forgive us and we know that God will honor our repentance. Repentance meaning turning away from, not saying, oh, I'm sorry, and then you go do it again tomorrow. That's not repentance. It's turning away from and putting boundaries in place for that sin. Um, we also understand that forgiveness does not mean that there are not consequences that are going to have to be dealt with because of our actions. And so what we know is that God will be with us throughout those consequences. And ultimately we know as Romans eight twenty eight tells us that all things work together for our good. Okay. So I know that that was a lot today, child, but this is really the foundation for the rest of the month. You can be used by God y'all and still fall. You can be out here producing your little heart out and then have a David and Bathsheba moment. And so it's so important that we're checking our heart every single day, that our prayer every day is asking God to create in us a new and clean heart to renew our loyalty to him. I think it was Chris Brown that said, these people don't be loyal. He didn't say it quite like that, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. So, and we are these people. <laughs> we know we're not loyal. God sent Jesus and we, they, they, he was blessing and fixing and healing and saving people. And in, in a matter of two days, they had that man strung up on a cross and we know it worked out for our good. Okay. We grateful for it, but y'all know how disloyal people are. This ain't, this, this ain't new. There's nothing new under the sun. So I really want y'all to make sure that y'all are guarding y'all heart, that you're asking God to create a new and clean heart in you every single day. Um, make sure that you grab this week's downloadable. There is a really awesome Bible study um, that walks you through Psalm 51 that I put in this week's downloadable. So I really urge all of us to make sure that we are pressing in and asking God to clean our heart every day. We need it. Okay. Even the most saved and sanctified person needs a new heart daily. And if you meet somebody that says that they don't run because their heart is hardened. Okay. Okay. Are you enjoying this week's show, girl? I hope you are. So make sure that you go ahead and connect with us so we can keep the conversation going. Follow us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk. And make sure you subscribe to the show, rate the podcast, and leave us a review. And don't forget to share the show with your friends, your coworkers, your mama and them, all the people, okay? Now let's get back to the show. Okay, y'all. So it is time for some Girl talk. I love this. Okay, this is my favorite thing of the new show, the new show format. So remember, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk if you have a question that you want answered. So this week's question, it says, I turned 27 in November. Will I ever get a man to marry me? <sighs> Sis. Okay, look. So I feel like this question can be loaded. And so I'm going to give you the answer from my spirit and not from my flesh. Um, and so I don't want this to come off as I'm like being insensitive, but just know I'm about, I'm coming straight facts. Okay. First, the way that this question is posed, it sounds like you may be trying to achieve marriage in your own strength. Will I ever get a man to marry me? That's not how this works. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You don't have to try to do nothing. You don't have to do that. That's how you end up in unequally yoked relationships. It sounds like you may be trying to do this in your own strength, and that's probably why you're frustrated. And I understand that, you know, marriage can be a desire of the hearts of many women. But what I've learned is that we need to ensure that our hearts are in the right place. And this is so fitting that we're talking about this um, now as we start this whole heart month thing. Um, God can and will do anything, but you want to make sure that you're not allowing marriage or the idea of marriage to become an idol in your life. Like, what are you hoping to gain by being married? Are you looking for marriage to give you an identity? Cause that's a problem. Um, have you discovered your identity in Christ as a single woman? Okay. I'm going to tell you, I got married when I was 21. Um, I, was not saved, saved, and it was rough with two Fs, okay? Like, the grace of God. 
my marriage has been really one of the main reasons that I started chasing after God is because I was about to send him his son back in a box. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm about to kill this man and you can have him back. Um, no, but it, it really was a testament because I got married in my own strength. I was not rooted in uh, my relationship with God and neither was my husband. We, we played church. We went to church on Sunday sometimes and, you know, we, you know, now lay me down to sleep, that kind of stuff. But we were not in a secure relationship with God. We didn't understand the roles of being a husband and a wife. We didn't understand the weight that came with it. We didn't understand the covenant. And so there was a lot of unnecessary frustration and turmoil. And then I'm trying to find my own identity in Christ, but also making sure now that I'm taking on this identity of being a wife because I did not appreciate my single season. I think I was single all of like 48 hours. I'm joking, but it it was not long after I broke up with my high school sweetheart that I met my husband. So I was, I've never had this extended period of me being single And so I really would urge you to just not try to move in your own. Like, this is not for the faint of heart. The marriage, the wedding is cute, but we want you to have a Christ-like marriage that's going to um, have longevity, that's going to produce fruit. And so, girl, you don't need to be trying to get nobody to marry you. You need to be married to Jesus, okay? You are the bride of Christ. And I know that sounds cliche, but... Please appreciate this 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 season of your life because it's rough, right? And then also, you know, I really urge you to submit this desire to the Lord, right? You want to make sure that you're being obedient in the se- in the season of your singleness and that this hasn't become an obsession, right? And it it hasn't moved um, you out of position for God to use you because you're too busy being obsessed with these men. Maybe somewhere God is sending you in your season of, in your season of singleness. Um, go back and check out that episode that I did about Ruth. Ruth was just minding her business and doing what God called her to do. She was serving Naomi and her husband, you know, she got married. And so I will really, really encourage you to make sure that this isn't becoming an idol, that you're not trying to do this in your own strength. Um, that if God, like, if that's not what God has for your life, if God said, look, girl, you're going to be like Paul. Okay. You ain't getting married. Would you still love him? Would you still serve him? Would you still obey him? And be honest with it, girl. You could be like, girl, that'd be, that'd be tough. That'd be rough. Okay. Have that conversation with God. I really challenge you to explore. If God never sent you a husband, then what? Would you be done with God? Are you doing these things in the hopes of becoming a wife? Or are you really pursuing God because you love God? And those can be some tough questions to, to ask. But ask God to reveal it to you, child. He'll tell you. I get it. I get it. Um, I'm believing God to become a mother, right? I turned 30 last year. And I'm believing God for it, but I'm not allowing the desire to become an idol, right? I'm content with whatever God has called me to, even if that means being a TT of the year for the rest of my life, because I just love God. I'm in a place with it that I'm at peace, right? I love God. I'm going to continue to do what he's called me to do, but I'm also preparing to get my, I'm getting my body in shape for childbirth. So I'm going to do things in acts of faith. Um, I really, really recommend you do the same, but first really do a heart check and make sure that you are not allowing marriage to become an idol. Because I promise y'all, it is not the prize. There are way too many of these pastors, these female preachers out here trying to tell you how to be a wife. Child, this is a job. It's a full-time committed job and a half. Okay. It's beautiful, but it's work, like work, 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 work. That was Rihanna. That wasn't in the Bible, but y'all get what I'm trying to say. Like there is work that comes with this with any elevation, any title there's work. I'm sure the same thing would be in the mother. Like there's work that's attached to it that God is going to grace me for if that's his, um, his will for my life. So we're just going to do what we've been called to do. Be content in the season and not be discontent. And you can do acts of faith, but I really want you to really do that heart check. 
um, you know, do all your heart work, go to therapy, repent, obey God. Okay. Do whatever he's called you to do, but you can also be praying for your husband. And I don't mean, Ooh, God, can you send me a husband? I mean, like, God, I pray that my husband loves you, that he leads our family well, that he has a relationship with you, not a shady relationship with you, not me trying to get him to get saved. None of that. We ain't got time for that. You need to be praying for your husband strategically. I recommend um, Stormy O. Martin has a book called The Power of a Praying Wife. Chow, start reading that book and praying for your husband and doing whatever God has called you to do. Make sure that you um, haven't allowed this to become an idol. Repent and get back in relationship um, with Christ and really do that hard work. Go to therapy, work out all the things and it still ain't going to be enough. There's still going to be bumps in the road, but be prepared for what you're asking God for. Ask God to show you, make sure that you're, you know, you can study in the Bible about what, if, um, I think it's Ephesians five that talks about, um, the roles of a husband and a wife. Do you even know what you're looking for? Don't be so blinded by desperation such that you end up in a situation that you ain't got no business in and you unequally yoked. He out here going upside your head because you were so desperate for any man to marry you. No, you are God's daughter. He not just going to send you anything, child. Are you crazy? He love you. So you need to make sure that you are understanding what to look for, that you ask God to show you what to look for, but then also too, that you're still doing the things that God has called you to in this season. Um, child marriage is not for the faint of heart. Okay. Okay. You are, you are, you are worthy of so much more than just a man because you are God's daughter. So child. mm -mm. Okay. I'm 10 years in the game and every day of my life, I'm learning more about myself. It is a stretching that takes place in marriage if you're doing it right, right? So give God the desires of your heart and then prepare for what you're believing him for without it becoming an idol, okay? So I pray that that made sense. Um, And then I'm gonna put the information for that book I recommended in the downloadable, okay? Okay, so that has been another episode of God Goes and Girl Talk how y'all, okay? That, that got me going. Uh, remember to love God, love people, and love yourselves. And I will talk to y'all next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.